Welcome to The Irony of Beauty, a fortnightly podcast hosted by skincare experts Fiona and Rose. They love a good chat and sometimes a heated debate about all things skin and nutrition, calling out scaremongering, misinformation and misleading marketing in an ever-confusing world of beauty and wellness. Please note, the information provided is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace qualified medical advice. Happy Saturday, Rose. Weekend is here. Oh, I'm so excited for the weekend. It's been a very hectic week, very, very hectic time of year, as we know, not long till Christmas. I know, it's what, six weeks, seven weeks? Yeah, I try not to think about it. (laughs) I love Christmas. I absolutely love it. Um, Well, coming into Christmas, that does mean that the weather is warming up and so it's the perfect time of the year. Well, it is for us in Australia anyway, in case anybody's listening in in the UK or in Europe, that's that's colder. Um, but regardless, we all do need to wear SPF. So we did think it would be a, a great topic to talk today about SPF um, and really break down some of the myths that are out there about different types of SPF, why we need SPF. And I also did a Instagram post, a story recently on um, I was trying some different SPFs and then people were writing in with their favourites. And it's quite interesting because I do find that SPF is a real personal thing, you know, what we like. So I thought um, a little bit later into the podcast we can actually go through the SPFs that we like, what our favourites are, because I always get asked but it is different for everyone, you know, depending on your skin type. And I know you and I actually, you know, there's one SPF I hate and you love. So I think it's good to go through um, what we do and don't like and why the pros and the cons. And really it's ultimately up to each individual as in personal preference with with texture and, and skin feels. So um, we can go through that and then um, hopefully people will will get some some new ideas and inspiration for for SBF. So let's get into it, Rose. I mean, SBF, I have to say, probably not until I got a little bit older that I really got into SBF. And I wish I'd started it earlier. And I think most people, when they get to a certain age, will say to the younger ones, mm-hmm. make sure you use your SBF. And I wish I was one of those. I totally agree. Um, I've been a massive, um, I'm massively compliant with sunscreen. I've been wearing sunscreen every day since I was 19. Wow. Uh, I, it's just something that I've always, always done and always protected myself. I don't enjoy sun baking. I don't enjoy sitting out in the sun um, and feeling that heat on my skin. Um, and recently when I went to Europe, even though sun exposure over there is very different, we don't tend to burn over there. I was still one of those people that sat under an umbrella. So I came back still pasty. <laughs> so I'm I'm very conscious of my skin health with sun and I try and educate my clients in the same way. Um, regardless of what skin condition you have, you know, I, I always listen to what clients enjoy using and what they don't enjoy using with sunscreen. But regardless of what skin condition you have, whether it's acne, Um, whether it's aging, whether it's um, pigmentation, SPF is a non-negotiable. Like it's something that we just have to get into the rhythm of doing every single day. Um, And and still to this day, I have people say to me, Rose, I don't wear sunscreen because I just don't go outside. But we all go outside, whether you're going for a quick walk, whether you're going for a walk during your lunch break, whether you're um, driving in the car to work, you know, whatever the case may be, hanging up your washing, you are outside. 
um, you're sitting in front of a screen all day, you still that blue light is still being emitted and having an impact on your skin as well. It's just a really good habit. I teach my clients every single day to wear sunscreen. It's so important. Whether you have um, acne, it's important because of the collagen breakdown that happens with scarring, acne scarring, you need to wear sunscreen. Um, protection against the um, further development of pigmentation in the skin, you need to wear a sunscreen. General protection, you know, preventing that damage for, for to DNA. Um, skin cancer, Australia is the highest rate of skin cancer in the world. So it's a non-negotiable. I definitely, and I think, you know, Australia here, we've actually got the strictest um, sun protection factor um, regulation. So if it, it passes here, it's a pretty good sunscreen. I actually yeah. think we manufacture the best sunscreens in the world. Um, so let's talk about SPF then and what that actually means because the term sunblock is outdated now and we're not allowed to use it because it, it could technically be misleading because an SPF doesn't completely block out UV rays. That's important to understand what it does. It's sun protection factor. So it, it's really designed to protect us from the sun and we know that the sun's rays um, are going to cause burning, particularly those UVB rays. But what an SPF does, ideally we want to look for a broad spectrum SPF, which is going to protect us not only from burning, but also from the UVA rays, which are the rays that not so much responsible for burning, but they are responsible for things like the degradation of, of collagen and elastin and, and premature aging. We also know exposure to, to the sun and um, UV rays can increase our risk of skin cancer as well. So, so really important, especially important here in Australia, but just everyday wear of SPF is going to protect us from not only premature aging, but there's even been studies, interestingly, and I, I've noticed this myself on my own skin when I've got really, really diligent in using SPF every day. And that was when I was suddenly sort of going, oh, you know, aging. And it wasn't really until I moved to Australia, to be honest, I was like, oh, my God, the sun's so much stronger here. I don't want it. I This sounds awful, but coming from the UK, um, I would say the women look 10 years younger than Australian women. <laughs> So sorry for um, Australian women listening. Um, but when I first came over here and I was working as a skin therapist, actually, when I was backpacking, I remember working on women's skin and it was like, oh, my goodness, these women were in their late 20s, 30s, and I thought they were 10 years older. That's how much sun damage they had. And, and if you actually look at UK skin um, in general, just doesn't have the same amount of pigmentation. Um, it's beautiful, clear skin because not exposed to the same degree of ultraviolet light. Um, so there are studies to show that even just using SPF every day can actually help to can help the skin repair itself. Because if you think about it, the SPF is helping to protect the skin, so the skin doesn't have to. Um, work as hard if you like fighting off free radical damage etc cetera, etc cetera. so it can actually help just with things like um to a certain degree pigmentation because it's being protected so anyone concerned about pigmentation spf is really important 
saying that, however, Rose, I think um, there are some people that will say, and I'm sure you've had clients that have said it, I certainly have, they still get pigmentation even though they wear SPF. Have you found that? Yes, I have. Um, And I guess it comes down to the reapplication, but also logically, physically taking yourself out of the sun. Just because because you have a sun, uh, an SPF on that you're wearing every day and if you apply it in the morning does not mean that you're fully protected the entire day. If you're going to be out in the sun for extended periods of time, you do need to reapply it. You know, every couple of hours you need to reapply and a really good amount as well, not a light coating. You need to actually reapply a decent amount of sunscreen to cover the face. Um, but it's also the heat component, right? So when you're out in the sun, you've got the heat that also stimulates that pigmentation. So it's not just the UV light, it's also the heat. So, you know, you physically have to get yourself out of the sun. Pigmentation is probably one of the most common concerns for from clients that I see in the clinic. And it's the one thing that they feel that makes them look older, you mm, know. Yeah. And unfortunately, some damage is cumulative. So you might think you're getting away with it when you're younger, but as you get older into your thirties and forties, fifties, then you start to see the ramifications. Oh, you do. That's right. (laughs) You definitely do. Yeah. That all starts to show up. You start to see melasma show up even more. Solar keratosis show up more. And the thing that we have in the clinic, we have those imaging devices that allows us to see underneath the skin. We can see it before it's even shown up in the skin. You know, you've got that superficial pigmentation, but you've also got that deep pigmentation that's hormonally triggered. It all starts to show up and get darker as these clients get older. So if you're not aware of applying sunscreen every day, your pigmentation is going to show up as you age even more so. Absolutely. The other thing as well, you know, it's not even just, well, it, it is the heat um, can trigger pigmentation, but so can the blue light. So like mm-hmm. the invisible light. And we don't get um, complete protection. We don't get protection from that with SPF, which is why, or not all SPF anyway, um, which is why you can wear SPF with pigmentation and still find that any exposure to UV can can bring out that pigmentation um and it seems to be what helps to protect against the blue light so blue light can actually bring out pigmentation particularly in more severe pigmentation or darker skin tones um there's even been some suggestion that the blue light led can trigger pigmentation in some skins as well so it's something to be wary of um if you've got pigmentation and just having that that invisible light exposure, if you like, daylight could even be problematic for some people. And that's where, you know, the iron oxides or the tint in SPF may be beneficial. I personally don't like tinted SPF and my reasoning for that being, or I tend to try and avoid them, um, although I've got some here that I've been using, is because if I use a tinted SPF, I tend to put it here because I don't want it getting onto here and onto my chest, onto my neck and chest, because it will get onto my clothes. And I don't want to ruin my clothes because it means I've got to go to dry cleaner. And So then I will use an invisible SPF on my neck and my deck. So I prefer not to use a, a tinted SPF, even though the iron oxides in there 
will help to give extra protection against UV light. Saying that, though, I will always use a makeup with iron oxides over the top, so I'm still getting that extra protection. So tinted SPF may give actually a little bit more protection, particularly if you're worried about pigmentation. Otherwise, make sure you are using maybe a, a natural mineral type makeup with the iron oxides in to help give you further protection. Um, but either way, if you've got pigmentation, do not put your face in direct sunlight because that is going to be problematic. So let's talk, Rose, about SPF then um, and what it actually means. It's some protection factor. There's different SPFs, SPF 15, 30, 50. I would always recommend an SPF 50 because it's maximum protection and I will only use myself an SPF 50. However, an SPF 30 does still give you good protection, but I wouldn't recommend anything below that. Um, so SPF 30 would be the minimum I would recommend someone to use daily. That is meant to block out about or um, filter out, should I say, 96.7% of UV rays. And then I think an SPF um, 50 filters out 98%. So you do get more filtered out. And it's important to understand it's filtering out UV rays. So some rays are still getting in. It's not a complete block. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. It's helping to protect us, but there are still UV, UV rays getting in. Um, and then, of course, a 30 usually means you're 30 times more protected than if you weren't wearing an SPF. And a 50 means you can stay out in the sun 50 times longer. Totally. Um, you know, essentially, there's only 1% difference between the two. You know, a 15 um, sunblock, only 15 SPF, sorry, only gives about 93% protection. So ideally, a 50 is always going to be better. Um, I always look for ones that, you know, have zinc oxide. I love mineral sunscreens. Um, I love something with a bit of a tint um, because, you know, it does give me that nice finish to my skin where I don't need to wear makeup. But then like yourself, I would wear an invisible one on my neck and on my yeah. my hands. I never forget my hands when I'm driving. Um, so yeah, you know, always going for something that's TGA approved for Australian standards, because not all sunscreens are the same. Um, you know, and like I said, mineral sunscreens, I've got my favorites that I love that I have in the clinic and, um, I really enjoy using them for skin. Um, I know that my clients are protected. I know that they make the skin look good. There's always, I guess it's, it's a personal preference with sunscreen, right? Not everyone wants to have that dewy finish. Not everyone wants to have that kind of wet kind of oily look to their skin. Um, some people prefer a more matte finish to their skin sunscreen. Either way, that zinc oxide base that is in a mineral sunscreen occasionally will give you that little bit of a white cast. So, you know, looking for something that has that formulation that's a little bit more micronized, um, you know, that will, I guess, look better on the skin is always something that I look for in a sunscreen as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk chemical versus physical, and then we can talk about some of our favorite SPFs. Um, when it comes to chemical and physical, and there's one little thing that really bugs me, and it, it's rife in professional skincare, and it's I think it's because it's taught from the product companies. And in my opinion, it's almost verging on malpractice, to be honest, because, you know, if a skin therapist or skin professional says, don't use a chemical SPF, um, they're bad for you, that's when I think it's verging on malpractice because, um, 
the the whole chemical versus physical myth has been a bit debunked on how how they work. It used to be said that a um, chemical SPF absorbs the UV rays, converts them into heat energy, and and scatters them. And a physical SPF reflects the light basically, and and doesn't absorb the rays and use them as, as heat energy in the skin. And therefore, a physical SPF is less irritating on the skin and a chemical SPF is more irritating. That is what tends to be taught in professional skincare. We now know that that information is outdated um, and technically incorrect. So let's let's break that down a little bit more because these myths are still circulating. Um, we know that... Organic sunscreens, which are chemical, okay, so then that just makes it even more confusing for people that are into clean beauty. (laughs) Um, They basically absorb UV rays and they do turn it into heat, but tiny, minuscule amount of heat, not enough heat to, to be problematic in the skin. We also know that a physical SPF also absorbs the UV rays and turns them into heat. Again, minuscule amount of heat, nowhere near problematic. Um, With a physical SPF, they do reflect and scatter about 5% of the UV rays. So that's a tiny percentage difference. So we used to think, you know, oh, they reflect and scatter the light. Well, it's only only about 5%, um, so it's tiny. Um, some, so there's not much difference in how they work, That that's the first myth, um, that we need to, to cover. There are also, um, some chemical SPFs, however, that are known to be more irritating on the skin. And that is why usually we would recommend as skin professionals post-treatment, a physical SPF, which has usually got a zinc oxide in there. And we know that zinc oxide is is good for things like wound healing and, and more sensitive skin. And that is why we tend to recommend, recommend those SPFs. Um, and there are some chemical SPFs, things like your um, the mouthful, but your butyl methane used to be called avabenzone in the US, um, tends to be more of a irritant type SPF. There are newer, more hybrid chemical SPFs available now that aren't irritating at all to the skin um, and are far more advanced and are suitable for sensitive skins. And there's there's newer ones called um, like Tinazorb, which actually work on reflecting and absorbing. So they're almost like a hybrid between a chemical and a physical SPF. And I don't think a lot of therapists understand all the different types of SPFs and how they work. And it's very much, oh, this is chemical, this is physical, it must be good, must be bad. And it's so much more complex than that. So the reality is there's some exceptional chemical SPFs that are completely non-irritating. The advantage of that is that they don't throw or don't usually throw that white cast that you get, particularly from titanium dioxide in a physical SPF. The downside of a physical SPF is they can throw this white, almost gray-like cast on the skin. Um, You don't tend to get that with a chemical SPF. So if somebody has got a darker skin tone, 
the, the chemical SPF usually is a much better option for them because they just will look like a, a ghost with the physical. I therefore tend to prefer a chemical SPF because I don't like that gray or that white cast that the, the physical tend to give, particularly when um, if I do a lot of on-camera work or something like that, I just cannot wear a physical SPF on camera. It just makes me look horrendously like a ghost. Saying that, I have been trying some SPFs out lately and I, I have found a couple of, of physical ones that I, I like. But long and short of it is there's some great physical ones and there's some great chemical ones. Um, and we can't really just say that one's good and that one's bad because it's not as, as simple as that. The other thing, Rose, I find interesting is the physical ones, everyone says they're natural and they're not actually natural. You know, they go through extensive um chemical processing, to be honest with you. So they're not as natural as people think. Um, and quite often, a because of that white cast that you'll get from a physical SPF, they will actually have chemical SPF boosters added to them, things like um, butyl lactyl salicylate, which can be a potential irritant as well. So they're not always less irritating. It ultimately, like all skincare, depends on the final formulation. So I think we need to be a little bit more diligent as skin profession, professionals to look at the entire list um, and understand the formulation rather than just say that's chemical, that's bad, that's physical. And then, of course, there are some physical and chemical combinations that are fantastic SPFs. Yeah, and it comes down to, and I see this in my clients when they make the choice with their sunscreen, it comes down to personal preference. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, my clients will go for a, a more chemical-based sunscreen, and we have both in the clinic, um, purely because of that white cast. You know, they don't enjoy seeing that on their skin. At the end of the day, sunscreen is part of your skincare routine. It needs to be something that you enjoy doing. It shouldn't be a chore, but it's a finishing product. So it needs to make your skin look good, right? So it's got to be something that you enjoy seeing on your skin that actually makes your skin look good but also the benefits of that sun protection for the skin so it's nice to have that choice and look technology is advancing as we always say the industry evolves ingredients become better formulated At the end of the day the tga is not going to allow a product on our skin that is unsafe right so you know if you're stocking a sunscreen that is tga approved for australian standards you know it's going to be a good sunscreen it really comes down to what you enjoy using. I have my favorites. Um, and, you know, I, there's a brand that I stock in the clinic called Mother Sunscreen, which you know about as well. Um, I love her sunscreens. She's done such a great job in creating. <laughs> I know you're not going to agree with me on this. but that's I okay. really didn't like it. I've got it here. I didn't like it at all. You've got the um, the the tinted one. Yeah, the 50 mineral tinted. Um I think she's done a great job in developing a great range of sunscreens to suit everybody. Um, some with antioxidants. I do like antioxidants in sunscreens. I think they're very important to reduce our oxidative stress. Um, yep, they're vitamins. very important. And I think that's what you pay more for as well, you know, all the added, you know, skin um, humectants, antioxidants, because just having SPF on the skin actually does create more free radicals, but only superficially. And... We do know studies show that regular use of SPF does protect us from sun damage aging and skin cancers. So um, they do need to make sure that 
you know, ideally you've got extra antioxidants and humectants in them for sure. Yeah, totally. And and she's got those in her products. Um, they are oil-based, you know, she's got that vitamin E. So I think for skins here in particular in Adelaide, we've got that climate where we see a lot of dry, dehydrated skins here, irritable skins. And I think her sunscreen range is actually quite good for a lot of skins here in Adelaide in particular. Um, it's environmentally friendly. Uh, there's just a lot of benefits in behind her brand that I really love. And um, there's something to suit everybody. You know, she's got the tinted ones, the non-tinted ones. Um, except for me. Except for you. <laughs> yeah. And look, it comes down to personal preference, you know. But essentially, whatever skin type you have, whatever condition is going on with your skin, you need to find a sunscreen that suits you, that's non-irritating. Yes. Um, it's an essential. You've got to protect your DNA, that little telomere on the end of the DNA strand that needs to be protected. We need to protect ourselves from developing skin cancer, um, damage, long-term pigmentation, like all of those things. It's just something we need to do in Australia for, for so many reasons. Well, I've got the mother here. Let's talk about it because I ordered it um, and I, I hear mixed reviews on it. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like the coverage. I didn't like the way um, it sat over moisturizer under makeup. It, the brush applicator, it leaves stripes on your face. It doesn't blend in. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't like that. And it doesn't apply anywhere near what the Cancer Council recommends to give you that full protection. So that was my bugbear. You'd have to do this, apply it that way okay. to get enough protection. Um, and it just, for me, the texture, everything about it, I didn't like it. I mean, it just didn't work for me. The brush application doesn't give enough coverage to protect, to give you the, the 50 pr protection. So for me, it wasn't it wasn't a winner. And I, I think this is great that we've got opposing views because it just goes to show that um, it is such a, a personal thing. But when it comes to SPF, this is the issue, right? Because there's another SPF I love, right, which is you can see how much I've <laughs> <laughs> empty old china. I think I'm time for a top up. Um, it's the Airy Day Golden Glow. Oh, yeah. Um, now, it's a broad spectrum. It's got a tint. This was one that got me over the line with the tint, and it gives you a beautiful golden glow. So I really like this one. It's really lightweight, really easy to use. Um, it's a great one. My only issue with this one, it's so lightweight that I personally don't think it actually applies enough mm. to give you the full protection. Um, big, yeah. And it's got a real golden glow, which I love a glow. I like a bit of radiance. But if you actually put enough on, enough that the Cancer Council recommends, you would look very metallic. Um, also, you can't take it down to the neck and chest. I have to use a separate SPF. Saying that, I do really like it and I, I would repurchase it for sure. I mean, look, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have got this crumpled up. There's nothing left, really. I'm going to have to cut the, the top off. Um, the other thing I would say is if you've got really dry skin and you wear a really rich moisturiser, that won't sit over the top of the rich moisturiser. So not all SPFs will sit with your moisturiser or your makeup. So you need to make sure they're compatible because an SPF is probably the hardest thing for a cosmetic chemist to make. You've got to have a really stable base. You also have to make sure that an SPF will either be in an oil base or a silicone base. So they're quite rich. 
And so they don't always um, gel well, if you like, with what you're wearing underneath. So sometimes it is a case of personal preference and trial and error to see if you like it. There's another Airy Day SPF that I tried that um, Sam by the Counter recommended. And Sam by the Counter is an influencer, but he usually comes out tops with recommendations. I thought if Sam likes it, I'm going to try it. Um, mm. And I tried it. It was the mineral Airy Day. This one's a chemical. It was a mineral one and I absolutely hated it. Um, it was thick and it was had a weird skin feel, but he raves about that one. Um, somebody that would be more prone to an oilier skin type that likes a matte finish might like it so again personal preference I like the radiance and the glow SPF something that feels lightweight um whereas if somebody likes something a bit thicker they might like the mother um for me the texture wasn't there I like a lightweight finish but if somebody's got oily skin they would hate this radiance glow they would like would like a different one yeah, generally clients that have um, an oilier skin or acne-prone skin um, is not generally going to want a sunscreen that is thick, that makes them look oily. Um, so we have to have an alternative in the clinic for them that will um, give them that nicer finish. And in particular, if if women are wearing heavy foundations or foundations, they're not really going to want to wear anything too thick in their sunscreen. So I find sunscreens like mother her range is probably really well designed if you're not wearing makeup right it, it's a nice one but you need to use a lot of it to have the right amount of sunscreen on your face you really do because essentially the Can cancer council says what a teaspoon for the whole face to be protected of sunscreen really it's a, it, it, it's a, it's quarter of a teaspoon just for this fit yeah <laughs> just literally for the face but the cancer council says a teaspoon for face ears back of neck neck um so it's a teaspoon for face neck and all of this um yeah. that is a lot and there's no way I'm using a teaspoon of this and there's no way I was using a teaspoon of this and let's face oh. it most of us aren't using a teaspoon um oh. so I I layer sometimes my SPF I'll use two different ones just because I can and um I will then also put a, a makeup on with an SPF over the top. So, you know, I, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> now let's talk about that because I have I have products in the clinic that are day creams with sunscreens, um, makeups with SPF. Um, I know myself personally, I think my own intellectual property personally I think a separate sunscreen will always work better than having it in a makeup or in a moisturizer right um I think but then once again it comes down to the formulation I always like to ensure that I prescribe a separate sunscreen to my clients because I don't feel SPFs in makeup and some moisturizers are going to give the right amount of protection so technically if something has an SPF and it's it's um you know an SPF 50 and mm -hmm. it's it's called an SPF, it's gone through the SPF testing, right? So in theory, it should give the same amount of, of cover. Um when you're making an SPF, it really is a moisturizer-based type formula with added SPF. This, this is what an SPF is, probably got a higher oil content or a higher silicone content, but mm -hmm. In theory, the way it's made is, is very similar. 
the formulation, but you've got higher amounts of you need stabilizers and you need your SPFs and you need something to to keep the emulsion really stable, keep the spread even. Yeah. But when you're using a moisturizer, again, you're not you're not applying as much. Um, I personally like my moisturizer to be my moisturizer. I like my SPF to be my SPF and I like my makeup to be my makeup. Now, if there is SPF in my makeup, even better, that's an added bonus. I will use that over my SPF, but I wouldn't just rely on the makeup on its own because you're not applying the makeup thick enough to give enough coverage. You are getting some coverage. Um, So makeup with SPF is better than makeup with no SPF. Um, And for those people, that's all they're doing. Well, it's better than nothing, but let's try and get you onto an SPF first and then use your makeup over the top. So usually if you're using a moisturizer, you're rubbing it right in, right? Um, You're probably not using enough, so it may not be giving enough. A lot of the moisturizers as well that are actually moisturizers have probably got an SPF 15 in them and probably not enough to give you that much protection. And let's not forget, Rose, that what we haven't mentioned, not only are you meant to apply, I mean, I normally say two fingers, you know, of SPF for the face and neck. Um, Let's not forget, we are also meant to reapply every couple of hours as well. And that's because we're wiping our face or we're sweating. Now, that's something that I don't do, I have to admit. I mean, if I was lying on a beach, then I would be reapplying, but I don't lie on a beach. I'm I'm out and about. Well, I'm indoors most of the time, to be honest. I'm a bit of a mushroom. Um, and then when I am out, got my SPF on in the morning, if I'm at home and I'm going to walk the dog in the afternoon, I will put some more on. But that's about as far as it goes. I don't reapply every two hours. And that's when something like this might be good. Um There's also the powder SPFs that you can use. Again, though, the amount that you have to apply to get that much coverage, you wouldn't be applying that much. And that's the thing with most SPFs, um, makeup applicators, powders, you don't apply enough to get the coverage that is tested to give that SPF rating. And that is what most people don't realize. They just will use, I don't know, a pea-sized amount, think that's enough, and off they go. So most of us aren't actually applying enough to give that full SPF 50 or SPF 30. We do need to apply more, but then we would look a little bit freaky, like really thick makeup or thick SPF. Um, I think it's two milligrams per centimetre squared is what the SPF is actually tested at. That's a lot, two milligrams per um we don't actually wear that much, but I figure the best we can do is give ourselves some good coverage and reapply where we can. If you've got SPF in your makeup as well, then that's going to give you extra protection and you've got the iron oxides in there as well. So I figure that's a good way to go. Um, another SPF I tried that I quite like that's very, very popular, this is a mini sample, is the ultraviolet. Love ultraviolet. Ultraviolet's a great sunscreen. Um, the Supreme screen is the one I like for my face. That's also got added hydration in there as well. It's called a hydrating facial. It's lightweight. This is a chemical one, I think, but it does give a slight, a very slight white cast, even though it's chemical, but it's got a very slight tint. Um, but it's enough. It's not enough to bother me. I mean, I I am a bit of a critic, let me tell you. (laughs) 
I really like ultraviolet. Um, I think it's an excellent sunscreen. I actually tried to get it into the clinic, but I couldn't because Mecca have the rights to that. Really? Yeah, they do. I tried to actually stock it because I do love it. It's a really good alternative for people that don't want that oily um, kind of finish. Oh, is are you going to say something about that? <laughs> well, I was going to say you might want to look into that because I know a few clinics that do stock ultraviolet. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, I'll make another phone call because I would like to stock that. Yeah, I was told that unfortunately Mecca have the rights and um, I can't bring it in. So I'm going to find that out. I'm going to follow that up. Thanks for that. I may have contacts for you. We will, we will, we will work on that. Um, this is another one: the um, ultraviolet SPF fifty queen screen. Um, this one, I do find this one makes me look a bit grey on the face, and it feels slightly, slightly silicone oily. Um, I don't use it on my face because I find it a little bit sensitizing. But I really, really use it all here. It's invisible. Um, it's got geraniol in, which, to be honest, it smells divine. I love the smell of this one. Um, geraniol in high amounts on some people could be sensitizing, and I find it can be a little sensitizing on my cheeks, um, which is why I don't tend to use it on the face. But I absolutely love it. I mean, I'm almost out of this one. I love this for the chest and neck. And I've actually noticed since I've been using this diligently, the um, pigmentation on my chest area has really subsided. And I think it's just because it's so well protected that um, it's just allowed my skin a bit of healing and repair time. And that's, you know, also what SPF does. So I really, really love that one. Um, while we're at it, let's just do a little bit review of all my SPFs. This is another one I love. This is a really unusual one. It's hard to get hold of. It's a Korean SPF. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, you kind of sneered at me then, Rose. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's right. I'll let you keep talking. That was like, yeah. <laughs> um, that, that was, you really didn't approve. Now it's, <laughs> it's, it's an SPF 50. Um, it's a, it's like a primer. It's got a silicone type texture, like a makeup primer, but it's got the most beautiful iridescence, but not as much as some of the others. So it just gives them, a, it's gorgeous texture. It's actually, and it's completely, I don't know if you can see that, it's completely invisible. Oh yeah, I can see that. It's got the most beautiful finish. Um, I did buy this one online. It's a little bit hard to get hold of, but I absolutely love that. So I wish there was an Australian version like this. Sounds uh, gorgeous. It, it is very nice. And then last but not least, Everyone's been raving about the Naked Sundays SPF. I have had some clients talk about that they use that one. Tell me about it. I haven't tried it. I think I might know the formulator, but they're not allowed to say who formulates. But I think I, I can kind of work out who's worked because I, I know formulators, so I can kind of work out who's formulated what. Um, but they're bound and they're not allowed to tell me. Um, anyway. Naked Sundays has got rave reviews. It's all sold out online. Everyone's, my friend, actually, my girlfriend said, oh, my God, you know, I'm using the Naked Sunday tinted one. I love it. And, of course, I've already told you I tend to stay away from the tinted ones. So I bought the Cabana Glow. This is a mineral SPF. I didn't actually realise it was mineral till I bought it. Um, 
And then I put it on the back of my hand and was like, oh, that's that's definitely got titanium dioxide in there because the white. Yeah. See, I, I can see that. <laughs> I can actually see that from here. <laughs> um, but then when I blended it in, it looks a lot better. Yeah. Um, so to start with, I was like, oh, my God, I can't wear that. Anyway, then I used it, and it does have a real iridescence. Um, but the texture is probably one of the best textures I've used because it's super hydrating and lightweight on the face, and it does, I'm wearing it today, it gives you this real radiance. Mm. Um, so out of all the physical SPFs I've used, and this has got zinc oxide, I believe, I believe, and also titanium is definitely yeah zinc oxide and titanium dioxide I don't know how a darker skin would go with this um I actually really rate it for a, a physical SPF um I probably would even go so far as to say I would try a tinted version of this because it is gives a beautiful glow it's I'm gonna try it it sits better over a richer moisturizer than the airy day does Oh, that's good to know. Um, but these are all SPFs that some people will love, some people will hate. And as we've already said, it does come down to personal preference and, and skin sensitivity. The only one that I found a little sensitizing was this ultraviolet queen screen on my cheeks, but I loved it on the neck and deck. Um, and there's a lot of other options there. And I've got very sensitive skin and most chemical ones that I've picked, I've been able to to use. So it does come down to to trial and error. Yeah, when I was in Europe, um, as you know, I stopped Biologic Rajesh. And when I was in Europe, I went to their flagship clinic in Paris and I purchased their sunscreen. So they have a 50 approved in Paris. Um, it was absolutely divine. It was, it is the most beautiful sunscreen I've ever used. It just makes the skin look radiant. It does, it is a mineral base, um, but it's absolutely beautiful to use every day. So at some point, I hope we do, you know, get it here in Australia. They have um, a range where they have a product to prepare the skin if you're actually going out into the sun. And then you use the sunscreen, obviously, while you're in the sun. And then you have another product that you can use if you've had long-term sun exposure to repair the skin yeah. post-exposure. Yeah, which I think is actually quite clever um you know I, I like that whole philosophy I think that's really good I think one thing that we should point out to everyone as well if you do have a sunscreen that's in your moisturizer that's a 15 and then say you're using a makeup that is a 25 that does not mean that you have a 40 plus sunscreen on your face essentially the highest one that you're using is still the sun protection factor that you have um, so if you're using a 25 makeup, that's essentially what you have on your skin. Like it doesn't mean that both of them combined together means you have a 50 plus. That's a great point. I have had so many people say to me, well, I use a 15 in there and then a 15 in my makeup. So I've got a 30 anyway. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Um, and I get why people would think that, but it definitely doesn't work like that. So that's a really great thing to point out. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to try, I can never say it, Biologic Recherche SPF. <laughs> Um, the I other, really bought like five bottles of it while I was there. I really I know. I wish you had. 
because I really want to get my hands on some. The other one that I have heard rave reviews about, but you can't get it here. I actually went to buy it because I've heard such great reviews and reviews from skin professionals as well. Um, I think Caroline Hirons loved it was La Mer SPF. That's meant to be like a really refined high-end moisturizer that is a very good, good SPF, but it's not allowed here in Australia. So a lot of the ingredients, um, we're very strict on the SPFs. We're strict on the amount of SPF that can be used here, but we're also very strict on the ingredients in an SPF. So you can't just put any ingredient in an SPF here. It has to be an approved by the TGA what ingredient can go into an SPF. So certain ingredients you may want in an SPF, but they're not allowed here. So I'm talking even certain essential oils or certain um, antioxidants, even DNA repair enzyme ingredients, certain ingredients aren't even allowed here in Australia. So it doesn't mean to say that, um, you know, an overseas SPF isn't any good. It just means that we're so strict here that some ingredients just aren't allowed and therefore that SPF cannot be sold here. Mm. Saying that though, La Mer, I have noticed, like you can't buy it here in a shop. They're not allowed to sell it, but there are some sneaky ways of buying things online that you may be able to get hold of it. And maybe with the biologic recherche, I'm not sure. It's a bit stricter, I think. Um, it is. It's very, very hard to get. I've already asked the question. Um, can't get it. Um, I'm going to... I'm kind of a where there's a will, there's a way. So there's always know someone that knows someone that has access to, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll have a look to see what we can. I know it's very hard to get biologic recherche. Um, but Le Mer, you might be able to get online from an overseas online store is what I'm what I'm saying. I don't think they're meant to sell it, but I don't know. I think you, you might well, be able to. End of the day, everything looks better with a tan, right? But my advice to everyone is please don't do not sunbathe. Like, don't sit in the sun for hours. Hours, excuse me. I know that we love the look of a tan. I know that it makes us, you know, look um, kind of healthy, if you want to call it. Like, we look more glowy. We look, you know, amazing with a tan. Get a fake tan. That's what I do. You know, there's so many fake tan products out there. Just don't use them on your face. Um, but there are some fake, you know, beautiful spray tans that you can get that give a really lovely, you know, glow to the skin and lovely even cover. Uh, cover. Don't take the risk and sit out in the sun and expose yourself to that long-term sun damage. It's just really not worth it. No, it comes um, up. I, I've seen it, you know. I mean, I grew up in the UK. We didn't really have sun in the UK, but then you'd go on holiday and you literally would fry yourself in olive oil or, or carrot oil or tan accelerator to come back with the tan. That was what you would do in the UK. You didn't have a good holiday unless you came back really brown. Now, I have got pretty fair skin, so I never go really, really dark. Um, I would feel sick if I sat out in the sun. I'm just not a sun bunny. Um, but I would always have a bit of a tan. And I used to, in between clients, early 90s, I would go on a double sunbed session in my lunch break. Yeah. Yeah, they were very big back then. Um, With you know tan accelerator. Yeah, oh, look, I've heard some stories and there's still people that have them at home now as well. Um, I can always tell if someone is using a sunbed, the skin looks very different. Um, you know what the tan accelerators used to do? They just used to photosensitize your skin. Amazing. I, I'm, I've had clients tell me they're taking some sort of ingestible product to 
stimulate color in the skin as well I've heard that story um yeah you, you know. can get tanning gummy bears I've got them in my drawer I did a tv segment on it a couple of years ago they're they're like beta carotene and and yeah. ingredients in there um you can take tanning pills and things like that just not not a good idea don't do it use your your um bronzing glow spf or bronzing powder um but as you've said don't use the don't use tanning lotion we've spoken about this before don't use um self-tan on the face because it can bring out pigmentation um it will highlight your pigmentation it won't cause pigmentation but it will if it's if your pigmentation is there it will highlight it and bring it out Another excuse I know that, you know, we all sometimes use is vitamin D in the sun. Um, Maybe you can create some clarity on this, but really you don't need long-term sun exposure to create that vitamin D synthesis in the skin. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of misleading information about that. Yeah. Um, What's interesting, you can actually get skincare ingredients now that um, I think it's called 7-DHC, which is dihydrocholesterol or something like that, um, that actually is a precursor to vitamin D in the skin. So you can actually get, there's more evidence that's needed, but there's actually skincare ingredients now that actually help with vitamin D production. Um, My theory, and I've looked into this, is why then wouldn't you put that in an SPF? Because that would be amazing, but it's not, approved by the TGA for SPF use, but you can have it in other skincare ingredients. Um, So I think that's great because it helps with your immune um, system on the skin. But the theory or or what's suggested um, is that we have enough exposure just on day-to-day exposure, you know, going to get the washing and sort of walking around to produce enough vitamin D, providing you leave the house. we have enough exposure to produce enough vitamin D. So I think that's something to be aware of, that we do need some exposure, but most of us should be getting enough. Saying that though, Rose, I do recommend that people do get a blood test every year and get their vitamin D levels checked because we can be prone to low vitamin D, particularly during the winter when we're not getting any UV exposure. Um, And we do know that vitamin D has so many different functions in the body. It almost works like a hormone and it's really important for our immune system, even our mental health. Um, so I would say make sure you your vitamin, just get your vitamin D levels checked as a, a part of your general health checkup. But um, it is thought that we should be getting enough sun exposure to still produce enough vitamin D. Yeah, good point. Very important for women going through menopause as well, vitamin D. And bones, of course, as yeah. well. Well, I think we've covered absolutely, I think, everything that we need to cover on SPF. If anyone listening does have any favorite SPFs that um, they love, then feel free. I did have a few people say the mesoesthetic. Aesthetic. Oh, um, yes, another one. Yeah, that one's a good um, one. That's the chemical, physical. A few people said they love that. Then I also had somebody say they didn't like it. It was very thick and pasty. Um but some people do tend to like that one. Um, but there's, we've been through quite a few today that are quite easy to get hold of that I think should should get everyone a few good options. But in a nutshell, make sure you use your SPF. 